You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it, wow. out. I feel it was that tall. golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hi, everyone. I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Jeff Spar. It was recorded in March 2016 at AS220 in Providence, Rhode Island, as part of Brain Week, Rhode Island. Everybody's got a story, and, and sometimes you can't make up... Um, the story that becomes life, and I, I think that's uh, my case uh, for sure. You know, I grew up here in, uh, in Providence, uh, went to uh, school at Moses Brown, uh, right around the corner, uh, was a very good athlete, was uh, recruited by Ohio State, and uh, went there on a, a tennis scholarship where I was captain of the tennis team and uh, started for four years and had a, a really successful uh, career. Uh, towards the tail end of uh, my career, there, um, it sounds kind of crazy, but uh, and silly. But I got a case of jockage. You know, that is pretty funny. And for mo- and for most people, that would be no big deal. I was an athlete. You know, you put a little cream on it, it, it disappears, it's gone. But unfortunately for me, that was uh, you know the beginning of a, a terrible downward spiral that would uh, would would get out of control for me. Um, I became totally you know consumed um, with it. And, and having a rash, and it got to the point where um, I was wearing different underwear, and I'd be using different uh, powders and different creams. And, uh, you know, not only was it affecting probably my athletic career, but it got to the point where it was affecting my, in my, my life in college. Um, I graduated Ohio State, came back uh, to Rhode Island. My family um, had a large textile company, and I went to work uh, for the company. And, uh, you know, by the time I was 23, um, I looked like I had, uh, you know, the world at my feet. But as I like to tell people, mental illness is uh, invisible and misunderstood, which is a, a tough combination. Uh, because what was happening to me, I was the same guy uh, that was at the department store, uh, unbeknownst to anybody, uh, trying on uh, different underwear and different powders. Um, and it got to the point, to be quite honest with you, I thought I was going crazy. And, uh, but I'd like to, to think I had the courage and I, I found my way to, uh, <clears throat> to Butler Hospital and I was diagnosed with uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And uh, for the last, you know, I don't know, 30 years now, I've fought a debilitating illness that, that tries to rob me um, every day of my life. Um, for those of you that, that aren't familiar uh, with OCD, um, it's characterized by recurrent and unwanted and unpleasant thoughts that come to your mind. Um, 
they take on tremendous levels of anxiety that uh, are almost hard to explain as they travel and speak. One of the things that people most often want to know is, you know, what's that like, Jeff? Well, the best way that I found to describe it would be like this. Um, picture, if you will, you're with your, you know, two or three-year-old son or daughter in a busy airport like O'Hare, and uh, you turn around for a minute. And then you come back, and there's no kid. I think everybody here can understand that at some type of level. Well, for someone like myself, I have that same anxiety over something that is completely ludicrous. Um, and if that's not bad enough, what it forces you to do, it forces you to do, do uh, compulsions to lower that level of anxiety. And for me, that was, as you heard, uh, you know, checking and looking in different underwear. Um, but I didn't come here tonight for you to feel bad for me. That's not my gig here. Um, I came here... Uh, simply to tell you I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm one of the lucky ones because I got diagnosed. And uh, with that um, came an incredible life. You know, I've got three beautiful kids, a beautiful wife that's here tonight, and a life that all looks, you know, great on the outside. But, you know, meanwhile, uh, I'm fighting like hell. Um, but through medication, um, a loving family and family and network and exposure therapy, uh, painful exposure therapy that I... Uh, that I had to do um, to try to tackle some of my demons. Imagine, if you will, how ludicrous this sounds. I, I would wear underwear backwards, sideways, inside out, five sizes too big. Uh, I mean, crazy, right? But it was all facing my, my greatest fear in trying to inoculate you know, myself uh, from what I was, what I was scared of. Um, but all the time, you know, this is something you live with. It doesn't go away. There's no magic pill here. It's something I have to work with every day. Um, but I was always looking for that magic pill, and it, it don't exist. Uh, but in this case, you know, here's my, my story. It gets kind of, kind, of, kind of crazy. I'm coming home from work one day about 20 years ago, and uh, somebody says to me, hey, Jeff, why don't you uh, try painting? I hear that might be good for you. I never painted a goddamn day in my life. Right? <laughs> but... When you're desperate, you'll try anything. So I quickly rerouted to the uh, supply store and, and came home and uh, to my apartment and took out the paints and, and started painting. And I'm sure you've all seen Forrest Gump and how he ran. Well, uh, you're, you're looking at the Forrest Gump of painting. Yeah. <laughs> and it would, it would change uh, the course of my life. Um, you know, uh, to be honest with you, when I first started, I sucked. Uh, but for some reason, I found that it gave me, you know, a sense of control uh, that my illness robbed me of. It also, I found that it was invigorating uh, to my soul. And what started out as a, a canoe and a landscape uh, quickly became uh, paintings like Half Daddy and Stop the Madness and other paintings that were able to communicate perhaps what I couldn't say in words, but I could, I could say in images. And that, in turn, um, led to yet another very unlikely career as an artist, um, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, I think people uh, connected uh, to my story, uh, my openness, uh, my whimsical style, my use of titles, and uh, my work found its way into some private collections, the galleries, uh, a casino even made its way to the Grammys, as crazy as that sounds. And, you know, it got to the point where, you know, people wanted to actually, you know, buy my artwork for a bunch of money, and uh, I actually, to be honest with you, I just give it to them. 
and enter my cousin Matt, who's here tonight. Uh, you know, Matt, um, they tried to explain to me that that was not a great business proposition for my art career. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. So, Matt, he wasn't bashful. He offered to be my agent. Again, sounds pretty ridiculous, right? Well, he wasn't bashful. Two, uh, two months later, he had a one-man show for me. Again, like I'm on Broadway, right? One-man show. So we have this show, and uh, he comes up to me at the end of the night, and he's all excited. And he says, God, you're not going to believe this. He says, I said, how'd it go? He said, dude, he says, we sold $16,000 of art tonight. And I said, holy crap. And he says, what do you want to do with the money? Well, there's a lot of stuff I could do with $16,000. So I didn't initially have the answer. And then I stopped, and um, I did get hit by that lightning bolt, that moment that would change the course of my life. And I looked at Matt, and I said to him, you know, I paint. I said, it makes me feel good. I said, maybe it helps somebody else. That's it. Two weeks later. I show up on a children's psych unit at Butler Hospital, uh, a hospital that not only was I a board member of, but I was a patient. And I walked on that unit, um, and I had a bag over my shoulder of of art supplies and canvases and brushes and paints. I looked like a cross between Santa Claus and a robber, you know. And I got on that that unit, and I I quickly deduced that um, this was going to be a challenge because I, I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't an art therapist. I was basically just a nobody. You know, just a guy that wanted to try to help. So I did the only thing that I was, I was probably qualified to do. I told these kids my story. Uh, tried to add maybe a little humor and, and hope to a, a very difficult set of circumstances there. And uh, I stumbled on this, this whole thing, guys. You know, right from the beginning, I saw... Uh, the impact that, that it was having on the, on the children, it was having on their parents, it was having on the docs, the therapist. And um, I remember one of the early days I uh, was teaching a class, and I'd like to shake every kid's hand when they, when they walk in. And I stuck my hand out, and this one kid goes flying by me. And the docs and the therapist came up to me and uh, they said, they apologized. They said, you know, Brandon, here's voices. Well, you know, I started the class and um, it went on for five, ten minutes and Brandon comes back in. Uh, it was almost like an awakening. It was really weird. Um, and he started to paint and get engaged. And I love to have fun with the kids. I always pick one, and Brandon was going to be my guy that day. When I went up to him and I looked at him, I said, I said, you're good, man. I said, they always bring somebody in from the art academy to make me look bad. You're the guy. And he looks at me. He says, no, 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 no. He says, no, I'm not from the art academy. He says, I'm, I'm mentally ill. <laughs> and I, I stopped, and I looked him in the eyes, and I said to him, so am I. Well, as if that couldn't get any more emotional, Brandon finished his painting, and he got it and brought it over to my wife, Jen, because he wanted it to hang in the, the studio next to, next to mine. Well, I went you know, in my car that night, and uh, I cry all the time after seeing this kind of stuff, just like any I think of you would, but this time it was a different cry. Um, I cried because I knew I had stumbled on something that was part motivational, 
part inspirational, part you can do it, all wrapped into this, this message of hope. And I left and I dreamed that, you know, someday that, you know, maybe um, we might be able to develop something that could help millions of other people just like me create a little peace of mind. Thank you. That was Jeff Spar. Peace Love co-founder Jeff is a man on an audacious mission, a mission to make mental health illness cool. Not cool to have, but cool to support. A family man, mental health advocate, teacher, and self-taught artist, Jeff is above all a survivor, battling obsessive-compulsive disorder much of his life. Inspired by a simple, powerful image signifying peace of mind and love for yourself, Spar set out to build the first symbol for mental health and bring expressive arts to millions of people to help them create peace of mind. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Weck, Darren Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Bear, Shane Hanlon, Rosie Waldron, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Rose Avalith. Just off from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio, the theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to AS220 for hosting the show, to Brainwake Rhode Island for being amazing partners, and to Anxiety. No, wait, no thank you to Anxiety. Screw Anxiety. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 